0: This is Elizabeth Falloon on Creating Culture, a podcast series on Radio TMI, a project that was created by participants of the Advanced Leadership Program, an initiative of the Toastmasters Leadership Institute of District 74. This program was led by Frank Truro, immediate past District Director of Southern Africa, and today I am interviewing him on his Toastmasters experience and how those transferable skills are used in his business. Frank, I first met you in Swakopmund during our club officers training. And I'm thinking that many of the people who might listen to us will not be Toastmasters. So we first need to explain a few concepts to them. Maybe you can explain what is Toastmasters and what is District 74 and what is a district director and club officers training.
1: Toastmasters was founded by a certain gentleman called Dr. Ralph C. Smedley. He came up with the idea as early as 1904 when he was the director of education for the Young Men's Christian Association, and he discovered that the young men in the organization. Uh, struggled to express themselves each time they went out for outreaches. So you thought it would be a brilliant idea to create a mastermind where people could come and practice their speeches and develop themselves. Uh, So that they could present themselves well out there. Fast forward 90 years now, Toastmasters is known as the place where leaders are made. uh, Because one of the things is many people come in to improve their public speaking skills or a particular leadership skill, and what they end up gaining is a lot of confidence to be able to lead and do so many other things. So that's pretty much what Toastmasters is all about. And so the world of Toastmasters is, dis- is divided into a number of districts across the world. We've got approximately hundred a 120 districts. Mm-hmm. And the makeup of those districts is obviously geography and all, but you also need a certain minimum number of clubs to be able to form a district. Mm-hmm. And so our district uh, happens to be a district that encompasses nine countries in Southern Africa and the district director is sort of the chief executive officer of that, particular, of that particular community.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you do a lot of training for your, for your officers for every club, and that's where I met you. Yeah. But tell me, how is it that someone as young as you became a district director?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if I've got an answer for that. But uh, I must say, I was quite lucky that uh, I think if you go to any Toastmasters club or setting and you speak to a number of Toastmasters, one of the biggest regrets that people have is I wish I'd known about Toastmasters a lot earlier. So I think one of the first things that happened for me to get this right and to be a district director at a very young age is I got to know about Toastmasters at a very young age. Uh, whilst I was in school, we had a Toastmasters club. So I think that was a good start towards the journey. But once I also got into Toastmasters, I had quite a number of leaders in the organization that took interest in me and uh, you know helped me set a, a path within the organization that allowed me to learn a lot of invaluable personal and professional skills that led me to a path where I ended up being the chief executive officer. So I'd attribute just getting to know Toastmasters earlier and having fantastic mentors and people who uh, took interest in me from a very early age. And if I were to mention a couple, it would be one of our, in fact, two past district governors or past uh, chief executive officers within our region, a lady called Frances Fraser, and a gentleman called Paul Jensen. They pretty much saw me uh, right in early into my Toastmasters career, and challenged me to take on leadership roles all the way to where I am, to where I became as CEO. Yeah,
0: Yeah, so you focus more on leadership than on speaking, but we'll talk about speaking just a little later. I first want to talk about brand branding. Um, over the last few months, we talked a lot about creating a brand. And first I learned about the brand called Toastmasters and then you worked on your personal brand. So why is it so important to protect a brand like Toastmasters?
1: I would say it's important. Uh, I think if a brand is not protected, there's a chance that we may miscommunicate what the brand should be communicating that's creating trust the foundation of any relationship between uh, maybe two people or a person in an organization is trust mm-hmm. so if you're able to uh, you know, protect your brand by communicating a consistent brand and a consistent message that creates trust between the organization and the person mm-hmm. you're handling, and thus you 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 sort of create an environment where you can develop a relationship. So it's important to you know to protect your brand for that aspect so that you can yeah you can create a relationship which is the point we would like so many people to know about toastmasters because toastmasters changes life and if you want people to know about your brand and to have their lives changed with by your brand i think it's important to ensure that you protect elements of it
0: yeah yeah and it's consistent if you always use the brand yes now let's focus on how you incorporate this importance of creating a brand in your own business life. You are, you are distinguishing between three parts of your business, um, a business profile and a personal career and a passion project. Do they have a shared uh, vision and mission?
1: That's interesting. Yeah, so I've been self-employed for seven years now or about six years almost seven years now and so being self-employed one of the challenges if you're not careful is that you know you become the business and the big the business becomes you mm-hmm. and sometimes it becomes a bit of a challenge particularly if you need to scale in that business because people can't identify beyond say you the individual and sometimes uh you know it creates just a lot of habok and i found myself in a situation like that so uh, to enable me to grow in my business i decided that i'd separate uh you know the different things that i do which is mainly in coaching and consulting so uh when i look at Uh, each of the individual brands I've created, they may have uh, their own mission and vision, but what ultimately they all tie in to my personal vision and personal mission. I, I personally wouldn't do anything unless it tied in with my personal mission. So most of the things that I do, I'm very passionate about leadership and uh, more so, I'm a very loyal person. So I'm very passionate about my continent, naturally Africa. And I see a lot of leadership challenges in Africa that I possibly hope I can contribute uh, to transforming you know, the narrative within the continent. So most of my projects will probably be aligned to my, my, my goal to see Africa transformed and uh, having, you know, the right leadership that we need to take this continent where it should be. Yeah. So, I would say that uh, whilst my businesses may have their own mission statements, uh, which is to guide people as to what they should be doing and a vision in that context, uh, there's an alignment between my business uh, missions and visions, ultimately with my personal mission mm-hmm. and my personal vision.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what do you call your executive coaching and management consulting business?
1: <laughs> it's called Frankly Speaking uh, Coaching and Consulting Group. Uh, it's, uh, it wasn't always like that, but one of my first clients, uh, three time Southern African champion of public speaking, uh, Lloyd Mugabe, uh, came to me and said, Frankly speaking, no one is as frank as Frank. And so I think you need to rename that business of yours and name it Frankly Speaking. So uh, that's how the name came about, Frankly Speaking.
0: So, what is your focus in that business?
1: So, uh, we, as as the name suggests, we're coaching and consulting group. So, it's it's actually quite interesting. I started off as a coach, and as you may know uh, coaches are not necessarily experts they're just people are there to take you through a process of Mm self-discovery and so what happens sometimes is I discovered that uh, whilst I was doing some of uh, you know whilst I was going to coach uh, executives which is my line of coaching I -hmm. discovered that there were some people who actually just wanted someone to come and give them a solution which is proper, pretty much what a consultant does. They come in and they give, they detect what problem or challenge the business is uh, going through, and they uh, sort of uh, prescribe the solution. So, uh, in I think the difference is that a coach is not the expert the person the coachee or the person that's being coached is the expert but you are helping them go through a process of developing their leadership so that they solve their own challenges whereas a consultant will come in and uh, is the expert and they will come in and solve your problem for you so I started um, as an executive coach and I expanded uh the consulting bit and because one of my strengths is with people uh I started mm-hmm. off uh, offering- cu- from i started off doing a management consulting from a culture perspective mm-hmm. how to deal with people how to how they behave uh you know as, as situational leadership types mm-hmm. uh dealing with teams and and all those types of things and I started expanding it bit by bit and now i'm Working part of the reason why I had to separate my brands is, I would like to grow this business beyond me, and 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 bring other relevant things to the party technology wise. You know, we're in the world we're in the 2020s now. There's artificial intelligence and how businesses can harness this for their competitive advantage and so if you can be able to consult in that area i think you would be able to add more value as a business so that's why i want to go that route.
0: No, always growing and you look at the needs of your client um and that mm. will that will determine what you're going to do um so do you have a, a story you would like to tell about a client that you've helped as a coach or a management consultant uh, you once told me that the answer is in the simplest solutions. Um, maybe you can think of a quick story there.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know why I feel compelled to just uh, retell the story of Lloyd because I suppose, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, he's become one of my best friends. Lloyd was a finance director mm-hmm. of uh, the biggest uh, horse racing uh, a company, and they also did the local lottery, the lotto. Mm-hmm. And um, when when I started working with him, um, I was helping him with his speeches. And obviously, after that, uh, Lloyd developed an interest in uh, general public speaking, mm-hmm. and that's how he ended up being a Southern African champion for the first time. And now he's been a world the semi-finalists in the World Championships of Public Speaking three times, which is quite amazing. And I think one of the things that we realized is that uh, some of the best speeches that one can come up with, uh, the simplest of speeches, a speech that almost anyone and everyone can identify with,
0: yeah. but
1: it's not always easy coming up with the simplest of solutions. And I think one of the reasons why I felt compelled Uh, to share the story is because my name is Frank, it should have been the easiest thing to know that I should have named my business, frankly speaking, and it would be a name that would uh, create a lot of interest, but it wasn't that obvious to me. And so after a long time, I came back to a very simple solution, a solution very close to home, very close to my name. And it's worked like magic and i think some people have just been attracted to um, my work simply because of the name but i think even in my um in my career or in the core business that i do i discover that sometimes i'm called to facilitate a strategy session and because i realize that some people don't Quite, uh, you know, some organizations struggle with their communications and everything. I've found the value of actually sometimes going into the company before a strategy session and interviewing people at different mm-hmm. levels in the organization. And so sometimes you find that a company may be going through challenges and they hire a consultant to come in and perform a strategy when the actual solution uh, doesn't really lie in coming up with a new strategies but just actually finding out what it is that's stopping people from being productive. For example, if the safety is not, if safety is not, uh, if the workers have safety concerns in their place of work, they will naturally want to protect themselves and not want to get hit. And so they've got, and that has an ability of slowing down production, uh, which may slow down, They slow down the output that the business may put out there. And when such things happen, they affect, you know, the overall bottom line. And so I think those are some of the examples that I've encountered that some of the solutions to our challenges are not big strategies or forming tactics that are so huge. Sometimes it's the simplest of things that make the biggest of differences. No, it's true.
0: And you learn to listen very well to people who stop listening to one another. Mm. Now let's focus on Frank Tsuro, the speaker. What plans do you have for your career as a professional speaker?
1: Uh, You know, one of the interesting things is I remember back in 2012, I was in Johannesburg attending the Professional Speakers Association of Southern Africa and Uh, A friend of mine knew that I was an executive speech coach at the time and thought, you know, this is something that would interest me. But I never really saw myself as a speaker until I met uh, one of my mentors in Trustmasters who really changed my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you talk about the fact Uh, that I'm involved more on the leadership side in Toastmasters. That was not actually the plan. When I actually joined, I hoped that I would be uh, involved in the speaking side. But because uh, the platform was not right, we needed more people to create bigger audiences to speak to and to create a platform where we would get enough people to challenge myself. So I got involved on the leadership side and I thought here goes my dream of becoming a speaker. And so I never really considered myself as a speaker until I got involved on the executive at Charles Masters. And one day I discovered that I was giving more speeches than I probably would have if I focused on the communication track. Yeah. And it was so refreshing to hear something which I wish I had known earlier, that actually when we lead, we lead through our speaking. Mm -hmm. or through our communication. Mm -hmm. So whilst I never really considered myself a speaker, I discovered that, you know, you lead through speaking. And when people want an opinion, they want to hear you say or speak, you know, your experiences, your stories, and what you've been through. So by default, I think I've established, I, I, I find that I'm invited a lot to come and give a lot of speeches pertaining to my leadership journey. Yeah. Uh, through working with executives uh, from different companies, some people are quite fascinated to know some of the things that I've learned, or as a business owner, yeah. uh, and and also my journey in Toastmasters. So uh, I, I I I have a budding, uh, you know, professional speaking business as a le- leadership speaker, and yeah. We'll see where the journey takes me, but right now it's been quite exciting. I gave uh, a speech in New York in August, which is one of the um, uh, I think my third international gig, and I think that that's that's exciting.
0: Yeah, I do think it's exciting, and I look forward to see what's going to happen soon. Um, when you also focus on that, uh, when you were a district director. Um, you and some of the people who worked with you came up with quite fascinating hashtags. And the one that you created was People Making History. Uh, You said you're going to turn that into a passion project. But first, I want to know, where does the hashtag come from?
1: One of my favorite subjects in high school was history. And I think it has something to do with our very first history teacher who only lasted a month. We used to call him Sekuru Jitswa, which, which is uh, grandpa uh, in my home language of Shona because he, he was quite of advanced age. He, whilst the other classes learned history from the textbook, uh, he, was, he just told stories from the past in a very engaging way and I think you know I really connected to that and one of the most fascinating things is I'm not an easily trusting person but uh, just from what he the stories he told us within the month and I think at that month we learned at that time we were learning about the great Zimbabwe state uh, which was uh, many years ago i've never forgotten that topic through the stories that you told so mm-hmm. i had a natural liking for history and after we lost uh, mr schwartz i had to lean on something else to be able to continue my You know, continue with my passion for history, and we our history set book was called "People Making History," and it's a textbook that celebrated the heroes uh, that liberated Africa Uh or the the countries, particularly in Southern Africa, during uh, colonial times, and so one fascinating thing or something that I discovered is that if you read the book today some of the people who were named as uh, or who were celebrated in that book um, you know are probably uh, villains now they probably don't have the same reputation as they did before and you still have some that are still celebrated like Nelson Mandela Mm -hmm. uh, who were in that book but Mm -hmm. there's no doubt that the people in that book were heroes of the struggle at the time. Yeah. And now I felt that we need uh, new heroes to image and be celebrated. And these are heroes who, who change our lives socially and economically and, you know, sportsmen and sportswomen who are inspiring millions to believe like Sia Colisi, yeah. the Springbok rugby captain. And yeah. so I thought that, you know, it would be lovely to, you know, have a new volume of people making history to talk about heroes of today and heroes that uh, and tell, you know, the story of Africa to the world and and uh, what the potential can be of us uh, in the world should we, sell, you know, should we, should we decide to pen our own story.
0: Oh, let so, have um, people making history volume two. Um, Toastmasters uh, who learned through the vision of Frank (laughs) (laughs) Zuro.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, like I said, Toastmasters changes lives and Uh I get involved in with a lot of um, you know, I get to encounter a lot of challenges in the businesses that I consult for, the companies and also uh, meet so many people and I must say that there's very few programs I've seen out there that are as effective as Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. You know, even with minimum application, I've seen lives transformed before me in Toastmasters. And basically in my own life, I have no program that is as effective as Toastmasters and so I believe that Toastmasters can be a key player in leadership development in Africa and we certainly can get people are worthy of being recognized as people making history coming through Toastmasters and I think that was the whole concept behind the vision of people making history.
0: Yeah and I know one of the pillars of um, Toastmasters is integrity and I know how important that is for you um, integrity and respect and what are the other two?
1: Service and excellence.
0: Yes, yes. That's fantastic. Yes. Um, so what are your plans with this project? I know you're very excited about it. About people.
1: Well, uh, so, so actually... Uh, People Making Histories actually started off as a corporate social responsibility project under, frankly speaking, but because, uh, like I said, almost everything I'm involved with, whether it's uh, my volunteer side of life or my business side of life, will most likely tie into my personal mission. I just decided to take, uh, you know, this idea and do that because I don't believe that uh, we at Frankly Speaking alone will change or influence the world. There's organizations like Toastmasters, the Junior Chamber International, the Global Shapers, organizations like that that are all, you know, trying to promote the same thing, uh, building leaders and doing so. So um, I think what I'm what i'm going to be doing is i'm hoping that through the project of people making history we can be able to uh, give intelligence to and when i talk about intelligence i mean the intelligence that we get from you know government they use the intelligence unit Mm -hmm. uh and you know give people an awareness of some of the challenges in their in their community uh, because sometimes we, we you know we live mm-hmm. in in our countries and we don't even quite understand what challenges mm-hmm. our local community even has or we don't appreciate the depth of some of the mm-hmm. opportunities that we have in our community and we almost need people who have the knowledge of um, of what what's happening in the community to you know, to open our eyes. If you look at the success of many multinational companies, they seem to get intelligence from their government as to some of the opportunities uh, and challenges that come up, which makes them uh, more prepared and agile to face any challenge or to uh, explore any opportunity that they may need to be. So that in itself, is quite a big thing. So I'm hoping that uh, this project will be able to provide the same for everyone. And uh, we'll be able to get many people who are able to develop courses and not do university courses because it's the most difficult Mm -hmm. project or the most exciting project. But actually know the the cause that their countries are facing and be able to, you know, uh, pick a cause and and uh, pursue a cause that will enable them to contribute significantly to their community
0: yes yes to see the needs of the community that's very important and to to focus our education on that Um, i'm always fascinated by your energy and focus and i realized that You can keep up your hard work because you surround yourself with like-minded people and mentors. Would you like to share a story about a specific team or mentor that uh, that helped you?
1: Yeah, I I do believe that you know you're the average of uh, you know the people you spend your time around. It's very difficult to have a positive outlook on anything when everyone around you sees the negative and even if you're able to do that by yourself you probably wouldn't go as far as you would unless you had other positive people around you. Wow. Uh, I think I did speak uh, earlier about uh, someone who mentored me particularly from a strategic leadership perspective from Toastmasters and his name was Eric Viji. Uh, one of the things that connected me to him is that when I first got involved in Toastmasters in Southern Africa, I always felt that we were punching below our weight. And he and I shared a common view that we could definitely punch, uh, you know, punch, um, uh, you know, at a weight that's above where we were. And I think that was really our point of connection. And, when I decided to run for marketing director for Toastmasters in Southern Africa, I was young, like uh, something you alluded to. And not everyone believed that I could actually do the job and do what needed to be done. So it was quite an interesting time for me. And in this role, there's a lot of pressure, particularly in nonprofits, uh, some of the work in be thankless to say the least and so it was quite fascinating that um, you know I started off on the back foot uh, but because someone like Eric believed in me and you know helped me come up with ideas which I felt were practical and implementable uh, you know we were able to come up with a with a strategy and tactics that helped us achieve some of our best success in the last quarter of a century and uh, you know when I look at working with people firstly who are positive, uh, people with a common vision uh, with you and people who you know apply their minds and are practical, mm-hmm. I'm I'm reminded of how anything is possible and you can achieve almost anything you set your mind to. So I think you know that's one of my biggest memories of the impact that not only a mentor, but eventually the team, because part of the strategy is yeah, in the people. You can have the most brilliant uh, brilliant of ideas, but if you don't have people behind you, it becomes really difficult to execute. And I think my journey in Toastmasters, with people like Eric and the rest of the fabulous Southern African community, I learned that you, know, you can achieve any magic you set your mind to For as long as you create that magic by, you know, putting in the necessary steps and preparation to achieve the goals you set for yourself.
0: And I do think you inspire the whole Southern Africa with your leadership. You are very close to your brother, Andrew. As individuals, you are each a strong leader and with a bright mind and brilliant ideas. But together, you are a formidable team. How do you support each other in your personal life and your careers? (laughs)
1: It's 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 quite funny Uh, i think andrew and i um we are very different i like doing i like thinking i can think about anything and everything and for as long as you can imagine whereas andrew is more of a doer so he likes doing things and i think one of the reasons why our relationship has been very successful is that uh we kind of know what our differences are and we are accepting of that and we've also chosen to focus more on our strengths so most of the times i i would do most of the thinking and he would do most of the execution and i think we, we we we've worked very well together on many fronts uh, you would know that uh, he, even when we worked together in the Toastmasters context, he pretty much uh, ran the PR lines of people making history. Yes. And so uh, many people would probably associate people making history with him because that's what he does. And uh, even in his business, uh, the Entrepreneurs Hub, uh, he's uh, very much involved. And he's also supported me in my business, frankly speaking, through what we do. So it's it's always something we we work very well together. He enjoys the speaking, and sometimes we've been called to do activities that require training, coaching, uh, and speaking. He loves to do the speeches, and he's quite charismatic and magnetic yes. and lovable. So he's done that uh, for for some of our gigs. And I come in and do the coaching uh, because I have the patience, as you'd always say. And uh, we also uh, co-facilitate, which makes uh, the job easier. So I'm very privileged to have a brother like him. Yes. And I'm excited uh, for what the future holds for us.
0: Yes, yes. I just think together you carry such a much bigger load than each of you would have been able to carry on your own. So we're coming to the end of the interview. You get much of your inspiration from other people. I know that you love quotes. Is there one of your favorite quotes that you would like to share with us to end this interview?
1: I'm very frustrated. Each time I'm around people who don't necessarily apply their mind. So one of the things that have then stood quite true for me is the code hope is not a strategy <laughs> uh <laughs> one of the one of my first um, roles i used to be a personal effectiveness coach so i used to help people with goal setting and achieving their goals and you know people in good faith set goals or resolutions and struggle to achieve them and they wonder what what's really happening. And sometimes we do things and maybe we, we're not specific enough about them or we're not realistic enough or there's no time frame, or something like that. And mm-hmm. so I've learned that for you to be able to achieve anything, you've got to do your homework. Right. Uh, you've got to do your homework and you've got to get a team behind you once you do your homework and make make sure that people buy in To whatever it is that you do, and you've got to then execute. It's not enough to just talk about something or uh, hope and pray. Now, I'm a firm believer that you need you need to be hopeful and optimistic. We live because we hope. Uh, I believe in luck because you know a lot of times when you look at things, they can be so so difficult to achieve in this and you need a bit of luck to achieve something but I believe that fortune favors the brave and you have to create your own luck you've got to create that magic Mm. you've got to use that hope on top of the homework that you'd have done and uh, the buying you'd have gotten from the people in the action, you've got to act on it for it to make. So I think the one that just comes to mind of the many, because I actually was frozen when you asked me that question, say, Oh, which, which quote, um, stands out for me but I think it would be hope is not a strategy but maybe maybe as we say that there's another quote that just came to mind and I hope I'll be able to repeat it from the top of my head which I think is very important from a leadership perspective and it it's a quote by I think one of the Indian mystics it's something to say I used to I used to believe or I used to dream that life was joy. I acted and behold, I discovered that life was service. And lo and behold, I discovered that service was joy. Uh, We live in a continent where uh, so many people are power hungry. And they believe that if they achieve power, uh, you know, everything will be fantastic and they'll be so happy. Mm -hmm. And they, they may like the power and the money that comes with it, but not necessarily the work. Yeah. and one thing i learned in toastmasters i probably wasn't very different from those people but one thing i learned in toastmasters is i got an, I, I i used to think i could do things a lot better than my boss uh, i used to say you know just give me an opportunity let me show you how you should run this <laughs> and so toastmasters gave me an opportunity to uh, be in a leadership role i thought who here comes joy uh, I was very happy. And then I discovered that, oh, this leadership is quite a lot of work. And that wasn't very exciting. Mm-hmm. But slowly but surely, what started happening is I started serving people. You know, people would come to me and say, oh, Frank, you know, this thing that you've done for me has really made a difference in my life. And I opened my eyes and it feel good. And after a few times, you get to so much feel good and that's when I understood that quote that I used to dream that life was joy and I acted and behold and I discovered that life was service and lo and behold I discovered uh, service was joy and you know the joy you can never replace the feeling when you've invested in something or someone and that thing grows and becomes even something bigger than yourself, you know, the feel good out of that in the contribution that you make, not only to your, to that person, but to the community they serve and to the world is yeah. so massive. So I think that's one quote, which I probably didn't quote quite nicely, but that's one quote that really stands out for me. And I hope that uh, many people can maybe take into the message and hear the call too. If you feel that, you know, as a leader, you need to service your own interests uh, and all this, I would, I, would, I would challenge you to try serving people for a short space of time and see what outcome we will be. And I think if you serve enough times, you realize that, This is the real deal. Why haven't I done this my entire life? There's nothing so more fulfilling than making a difference and growing someone alive into something bigger than they ever imagined.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's also why people are in history books, is because they have served the people that they loved and not because they were idealized, but in the first instance because they they served. Yeah.
1: Yeah, one of the things that actually sounds, you know, so simple when you actually then talk about it, but, you know, you wonder how I missed that that point uh, when, you know, when I looked at that, you know, you just think, oh, it was, things were always easy and the journey was always easy, but then you discover that, you know, that service made the difference. So, yeah, it's, it's I think that's one of the reasons why that quote is quite close to my heart
0: no no it's beautiful thank you frank for your time i know you've had a long weekend um and you served your people very well over this weekend and thank you for making time to also talk to me during this interview i'm sure that our listeners will learn a lot from from your point of view and from the way you serve those masters and the southern african community in total
1: Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to share my story with you. And I would also like to appreciate your contribution to my journey. You were part of the Future Leaders Program that gave birth to this. And um, I think you're an example of what um, you know service can bring out. Uh, I mean, you just uh, brought to life Uh, something that I think will change the lives of many people uh, who are involved in Toastmasters and you brought to life an idea that uh, is quite brilliant and I'm in awe of everything that you've done and in addition we've worked together on uh, my branding project, my personal branding project. And, you know, that's an example of having good people around in your life. So I couldn't thank you enough for crossing my path. And thank you so much for this opportunity to share my story.
0: Yes, I'm quite excited about our Radio TMI project. And that was all because you challenged us to think of something. And I think uh, a lot of people will find that um, having a, a group of podcasters with a similar vision will really create a better experience for Toastmasters who would like to speak.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, you you stumble in at least one of them. And I think, I think this is a fantastic platform where people can express themselves and learn from what other people are doing and learn about people's journey. And I think this is amazing. And I, I think something else... Uh, from the program is it's good to have things in theory, but when you've got a tested program or tested uh, solution, it always works better than something that you just do, uh, that you just say. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, what you are doing here will give rise to something a lot bigger. And I couldn't be more proud of you for uh, executing on this challenge.
0: This was Creating Culture for Radio TMI, presented by Elizabeth Filyun, originally from Namibia and currently living in New Zealand. Radio TMI started in February 2020 as a podcast program for Toastmasters by Toastmasters of Southern Africa. The first program that we launched was Coffee with Toastmasters by Wendy Kumalo and is broadcasted every Thursday. On Mondays we broadcast Cappuccino Ketchups and Meaningful Mokas by Teresa Huber of Zimbabwe. And soon we will launch Let's Talk by Tebohu Mayukana from Johannesburg. Our theme music was composed and played by Mike Nish. And logo was designed by Vusi Mahopa. Our podcast partner is Solid Gold Podcast Studios from Johannesburg.